Hello? Who is this? everyone and welcome to stay in the line a horror genre podcast hosted and created by me tarot card and we always talk about something horror genre related every week and oh my god i don't know how i managed to do this but i am welcomed with an amazing guest it's chelsea rebecca from dead meat hello, hello. how are you <laughs> <laughs> i'm great i'm so excited to be here i'm excited for you to be here we just struggled to get technology together, but now we are pretty much set, hopefully. We're perfect. (laughs) You look like a beautiful, like, seahorse mermaid kind of coral Thank you. Like, yeah, the the whole thing was inspired by coral. I have, like, it's, like, texture. (gasps) It's like Marie Antoinette. I I don't have the hoop cage on. I think that'd be a lot for just sitting down. Yeah, just sitting, yeah. Um, I feel like when you sit in those, I feel like half the time the bottom just pops up and then all you see is the skirt with your legs sticking out. Well, okay, so I made mine out of, this has nothing to do with anything. I made mine out no, of- No, this is good. Okay. I, I, I sew and I make costumes. Yes, so I, this I, is like, I'm I'm going to derail this shit so hard if we start talking about costumes. I saw your um, Game of Thrones costumes that you made. So yeah. I made, um, have you ever made a hoop skirt before? I have, yeah. Okay, I made mine out of, uh, PEX piping, P-E-X piping, mm-hmm. use PEX piping, and I made, like, side hoops. Side hoop cage? What are those called? Oh, the the paneers. Yeah, I made those um, for this outfit. So, yeah. Oh, cool. I've always, I've never made paneer. Is that how you pronounce it? It's one of those words where, like, I've seen it written so many times, and I'm probably pronouncing it the most Midwestern I didn't even way. know the word, so your guess yeah, is as yeah. good as mine. On my podcast... It's the side butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah the side butts. On my podcast, I it, your name could literally be Betty Sue, and I would not know how to pronounce it. Like, I'm so bad. <laughs> and, like, okay, so if you don't know who Chelsea is, okay, let me explain it to you. Chelsea is... Hold on, I got some stats. I got some stats, and mm. I'm gonna read them. Oh, God, I put the gloves on. It kind of makes it hard to... Like, yeah, if you don't know me, then you probably just don't hang out in a very specific area of horror internet. So that's And fine. you're not cool. Oh! <laughs> okay. So, Chelsea Rebecca is part of Dead Meat, which is a channel on YouTube. I got that your podcast, the Dead Meat Podcast, is ranked number six in film reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's all of the U.S., and no, we're not. Yes. Number six? Are you serious? Number six. Number six. And you Holy guys have been shit. steady, like, number six for a very long time, too. So, y'all, wow. leave some reviews. We got to get them up. Okay. Oh, my gosh. And I, know that I don't check that. I get I get nervous. I don't Google myself or the podcast ever. I mean, I don't blame you. But I was like, <laughs> I'm going to interview her, so I might as well. And um, you are ranked in uh, the top 100 TV and film podcasts on apple as well you're at like 60 something so that's just tv and film not reviews tv and film dead meat is ranked in the top 100 and you're also in the top 20 of tv and film on spotify too nice yeah holy shit you have over 20 plus million views on your podcast and um what's something amazing you used to think that hippos could take down helicopters 
So. I did. Oh my gosh. I'm two things. One, I want those stats from you so I can like show them to our advertisers in an a- attempt to get more money from them. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I will. I, oh, oh, it was uh, courtesy of Pod Bay, but you can also just look on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That's and it, true, and it yeah. shows you. I literally was scrolling through everything I could find. So We were briefly the number one film podcast in Mongolia. I don't know how long that lasted, but I have always kind of dreamed of doing a live show in Mongolia for that reason. Yeah, I I have some viewers in like the most random places. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Shout out to y'all. Shout out yeah. to y'all. Shout out to Mongolia. Yeah, I think Mongolia's making the dream happen. Yeah. Two... Yeah, I did believe that about hippos. It's one of those things where you, it, like, once you say something out loud that I think is a deeply <laughs> held belief from either childhood or just something that you maybe read and misinterpreted and didn't think about it too hard, you just realize how insane it is and you can't believe you carried that around for that long. You just never think about it. I mean, can I be honest with you? I did not know that there was an artery in your leg until yesterday. <gasps> Because I was yeah, listening that... to the Texas Chainsaw with the with the without the space. Your review of the Texas Chainsaw 2022. And y'all uh-huh. were like, how can she survive? Because that went in through her artery. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's OK. Yeah. Okay. If you get your leg like punctured or your thigh specifically, if you're getting your leg chopped off there or like you get super injured right there. If that artery gets hit, you bleed out in. I forget how long it is. It's like really quick. This makes a lot of sense because you watched, um, what's that one movie with Britney Snow? Britney X? No, no, not X. That's a good movie, though. Um, I, oh, I can't yes, wait to is. see Pearl. Um, <gasps> Me too. What's the, the other one where she, I think she was a producer on it. Um, oh, my God. All I can think of is Hairspray, and I know it's not Hairspray. <laughs> no, no. Okay, it's when uh, they, it's like they have to do awful things for money. Oh, uh, Would You Rather. Would You Rather. With um, Jeffrey Combs, yeah. Yeah. Um, the old lady gets stabbed in the the, the leg. And I think y'all said oh, on the commentary yeah. something about it, but I was like, okay. Um, and then when uh-huh. I listened to the podcast yesterday, uh, which I have like 20,000 hours locked in on listening. So <laughs> make sure y'all use their uh, codes for um, yes, for things. I used it for stamps codes. and I used it for um, if they ever want to sponsor me. Um, Diet Smoke. I don't think they sponsor right now. Yeah. Those do taste really good. (laughs) Oh, I take one every single night. That's probably not good for me. But, um, um, oh, okay. So, Chelsea, yes. Great, amazing person. Podcast is wonderful. If you, for some reason, have listened to this podcast and not theirs, go listen to it. They're pretty funny. Those people exist. All two of them. All two of them are here. And you are also on D&D Podcast as well. D&D and D Podcast. D&D and D. Which is my other second most streamed podcast. So, um, Oh my, that's amazing. I thought about making a Zabas outfit. Remember when y'all <gasps> used to say Zabas? Yeah. Was it? Did it used to be? I feel like I always wanted it to be Zap. Zabas. I don't remember, honestly. We can't even remember how his last name is spelled. I forget what we settled on. Yeah. I've thought about making an outfit. That's my, my D&D character. He's a he's an elf. Oh, yeah. And he's <laughs> like 75 years old, which in elf years is basically a teenager. So he's kind of just, he's kind of going through, he's like constantly in a phase. Like he had kind of a little goth phase for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's just very melodramatic and wants to be the center of attention. And he's just so much fun. And I have thought about 
making a Zavis costume as well, but the blue skin is tough. <laughs> okay, I use... Yes, please tell me what you would use for something oh, like God. that, because... This palette, right, it's a cream palette. It's like, the original brand that has this is Makeup Forever, and it's like $99, but this on Amazon is like 16 so oh, what I do uh, when I do like a color face, like I was a cactus once, I just used the green in here. But this comes with a dark blue and a light blue. So you can yeah. use that. It comes with a white too, so you can use that all for your face. And then I would probably just recommend like blue fabric for everything else. Yeah, so. like glove, like skin tight gloves. Just for... contour. You just make sure you contour the face because sometimes cosplayers don't do that. They, oh, they and it's just, just the flat yeah. color. Yeah. But I have faith in you. Oh, okay. So I was doing research because journalism degree. Hello. I got to use it. Yes. So exactly. <laughs> I was like, let me look up some trivia about Chelsea. And. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I'm so I'm so curious. Well, I was expecting like you've worked on Kimmel. You've you know, you've done all this production stuff. Um, besides you being in Screen 5, which we'll talk about later. The one uh -huh. thing that popped up was on yep. September 14th, 2021, Chelsea had gotten food poisoning, which is why the podcast isn't released that week. So I was... <laughs> you... <laughs> Wait, is, was that from the Dead Meat Wiki or something? Yes. Why was that there? The, we've skipped the podcast. We've had, like, weeks off before. I don't know why that one was very notable. It did... So I literally... Actually, today, when I woke up, I randomly was thinking about that week I had food poisoning and asked James, like, yo, do you remember that? That sucked. Yeah. Like, it just, food poisoning so is not weird. a joke. I fully had food it's poisoning awful. and I could not, like, move my lower half of my body. Yeah. I am also terrified of throwing up. Um, I have a deep fear of it. I think the sensation is awful. Other people throwing up doesn't really bother me. I can take care of someone if they're sick. Mm -hmm. That's all fine. But the sensation of barfing is... I, I don't know why it terrifies me so much. You would Ugh. hate this experience I went through when um, earlier this year I got food stuck in my throat and they were constantly like, throw it up, throw it up, throw it up. And I just could not get anything mm -hmm. up. And it was like that for nine hours in the, uh, oh, God. In the ER. And then they eventually, I passed out from exhaustion in a chair and then they woke me up and they're like, we got a bed for you. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. So I found out I have a chronic illness that affects my throat. So. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Shout That's... out to my ill bitches. Yeah. I'm the bitch. <laughs> I'm the bitch. But yeah, I wanted to ask you what is something you would want to add to that trivia? knowledge i feel like we need something a little bit better than i know then i would i was throwing up because i ate food from an italian deli by my house hmm that's a good question what's like a fun fact about me all the ones i'm thinking of now are like ones that over the years as i've worked other jobs that are not dead meat where you have to do getting to know you exercises mm -hmm. and you do the kind of two truths and a lie bullshit where they're all just boring and safe for work kind of or just things okay, where it's I'll like make sure not to play that um right after this. i speak <laughs> german i mean we could do that no, but, i mean that's the thing is we don't have an hr department on the podcast so we can get a little bit weirder or like more eccentric at least where you're not my coworker and you're not like who is this weird person i just yeah <laughs> i don't know i have synesthesia a lot of people have synesthesia so i don't know if it's that exciting but where i associate colors with like letters and numbers and stuff have you heard of that before no when i thought of synesthesia i was like does that make you like very sinful but sleepy at the same time like <laughs> so, my communications degree yeah 
<laughs> so yes, what is that? Yes, what is that? Sleepy and simple. Yeah. It's it's apparently I'm not exactly sure of the the science behind it, like how it works exactly, but I think it's like a your brain's wires are crossed a little bit and you just you experience like sensory associations with certain things that other people may not. So like for example, if I look at the alphabet, I can tell you what color I think each letter is. Ah. Like they're all distinctly a color to me. It's not that I can physically see that color, but to me it's like, oh, like the letter A is obviously red. I almost just said something very stupid. I was like, is is there that many colors? <laughs> yes. No, there's not like a there's not a, there's also not like a no repeats law either. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, so you can that could be added to your trivia. Yeah, that's kind of a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> like I can do this. I can clap with one hand. I can clap I really with both fingers. cheeks. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't though. I can't. My thighs do clap. I'm 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 a plus size girl. My thighs do clap if I run downstairs very fast though. So. <laughs> Perfect. I'll put that on my trivia on the tarot wiki. Or oh, you're gonna wake up everyone because you can't stop your thighs from clapping. So I'll shut her up. I'm like the uh, the chicken in the morning. <laughs> if you hear me running downstairs, that's when to get up. I do have real quick would you rather things before we hit the Please, the ground yes. hitting questions. The ground hitting, the hard hitting. The yeah. Before sports. we hit the ground with hard hitting questions. Yeah. When we hit the ground with the baseball bat and make sure we get the touchdown. So yes. my first would you rather is would you rather have to house sit at the house from the movie House 1977, love that movie, Ooh. or would you rather house sit from the house from, this is so a tongue twister, House on Haunted Hill, but the 1999 version for a week. It has to be a week for either one. Oh boy. Okay, so let's recap in case someone's listening and hasn't seen one of these or either. The house from the film House... And we're talking the Japanese yes. film, not the, okay. Is a... Uh, Someone turns into a, a watermelon. Pretty, yeah, it's a pretty space. I mean, it's a really pretty house. It's owned by this older woman with a cat. And basically, I feel like if you're house sitting there, you're going to get kind of tormented by all of the inanimate objects in there. And you're going to see, God, it's been so, I feel like it's been so long now since I've seen it. And it's also such a fever dream of a movie that I can't remember exactly what happened. Don't yeah, play the piano. Into a, yeah, don't play the piano exactly because I get sucked into it. Um, don't go to the bed. Cat, the bed will kill yeah, you. Yeah, you can't, just don't sleep. The cat will uh, try and fuck you up too. Uh, what was the second one again? Is oh, it, uh, House on Haunted Hill, but the 1999 on, version. I always mix up House on Haunted Hill and... Uh, is this the, this isn't the Insane Asylum one, right? This is like the house with, uh, is it Liam Neeson is in this one? No, this is the Insane Asylum, where it looks like, it looks like a Scooby-Doo movie. Like, the okay, inside looks yes. like a Scooby-Doo movie. Yes, okay. Ooh. No, that one scares me too much, because that's the one where they find all the, like, creepy stuff in the basement where they... Where like this is where they had patients yeah. in the past, and kind of, ooh, no, that, that actually, that movie is not great but i think there's really scary parts i don't of think it. it's that bad it has like a two percent on like rotten tomatoes or something it deserves but... better than that yeah. i think there's some very creepy imagery in that movie yeah like there's 
No, that I, I would pick house because then I would also get to go to Japan. Yeah. So oh, you know that's what? my strategic choice. I lived there for 14 years. It's a lovely place. You should go. Well, you lived in Japan for 14 years. I did. Yes. My, oh my dad God. was in the military. My mom was a teacher, too. So I lived. OK. Everyone thinks like, oh, wow. Did you live in Tokyo? Did you live in? No, I lived way up north in the fucking like farms and like it, oh it was nothing gosh. crazy. It was a bunch of snow, which, you know, a lot of snow. Um, yeah snow that's like higher than buses like double-decker buses like that yeah oh my gosh but it was fun that's do you speak any japanese or no oh no i'm a failed child i guess if you're also in kind of a more remote area the immersion is going to be a lot harder than if you're in like a city and there's people everywhere and it's constant like no i think i'm just stupid i think that's the real excuse no 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 because like my family is like i'm first generation from spain and I don't know a lot of Spanish. Granted, I'm, you know, on my Duolingo. I'm at my, like, 150-day mm-hmm. streak. But, you know, I should be fluent in it, and I am not, so. That's, you know, my parents grew up with parents that English was their second language. And it's, you know, neither of my parents learned their kind of parents. Because it's, it can be a thing, too, where when you come here, it's like, no, we got to make sure the kids, like, assimilate and that it's, like, we're American now. At least that was the case with yeah. my parents' parents. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so That's so. Cool. I did not know that about you. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like just an enigma. I don't, <laughs> don't ask me how to spell it, though. I don't know. So I have one more. Would you rather? Say you are living in a rural desert area with Lucy and James. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have to deal with a graboid from Tremors or would you rather have to deal with a spectacle from Nope? Ooh. Both are not lovely ways to die. No. Hmm. Okay, because there are ways, and because these movies also remind me of each other. Spoilers for Nope, too. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I'm about to tell you how to kind of defeat the uh, the thing in it. Because there's, there's ways to get around both, and there's ways to defeat both. Mm-hmm. But... I feel like, oh, I don't know. I don't know which one, like, kind of would be more difficult for us to live around or live with. Because I have to think about it like this. Okay, are we dealing with one Graboid or, like, three, like, in the movie? I think we just say one. One. I think just one. But still, I feel like you have to build, like, a fucking obstacle course to defeat it, though. Like, they they have to turn that whole town into, like, a big... Like a mousetrap yeah. kind of contraption. I'm going to pick, I think, Nope. Because at least, and again, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I'm I'm literally about to ruin the end of the film. If you just blow up a giant balloon and just send it up there, <laughs> it'll eat it eat and it. just die. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or at least, yeah, it has to be a balloon that looks like a person. But. And you kind of, like, I guess if it was a Graboid, you'd kind of have to live like the people in. Um... Like a quiet place yes, that's a what little it's bit. Yeah. Yeah, or instead of worrying about making noise, it's like you got to set up things to step onto. Yeah. And, oh, no. A that, fart could no. kill me. Yeah. My, right, my clapping place. legs. Yeah, your, yeah, your thighs. <laughs> You'd be so doomed in a quiet place. Okay, yeah. I'm so glad I don't live in that universe. I Okay, honestly, I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm, I know, I'm awful. But, um, Wait, the, a Quiet Place? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I Yeah, I don't think I could live through that. I couldn't either. The first A Quiet Place is very good. I did not like the second one. Um, wow, drag her. Which is, yeah, I just, a lot of people like the second one better. And you know, good. that's fine. 
It's just not for me. But yeah, I would be so fucked. I could not survive in Wow, in that I'm world. telling Killian Murphy. We're best friends. Man, he was the big draw for me too. Killian Murphy. He was like, great. If anything, I'm going to go see it for him. And then there's a there's a good sequence in it. Okay. Well, shout like out to it. Killian Murphy. If you're listening, mm-hmm. Chelsea's a huge fan. She loved you in Red yes. Eye. Love Red Eye. Oh my gosh. Don't stab me in my throat though. Wait, no, wait, yeah, no, you fuck? got stabbed in your throat. I won't stab you in your throat, Killian. Mm-hmm. I promise. <laughs> okay, so I have some more, I guess, serious questions. Dun, 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 dun. I wanted to ask, because you have been podcasting for about five, almost five years, since that 2018, right. February 2018. And, I mean, the D&D podcast has kind of been going on for the same thing. So yeah. I wanted to ask you with this journey of doing the podcast for so long, what's been your favorite part of this journey so far especially with dead meat the dead meat podcast i feel like it's been realizing that i guess as the years go by and there's kind of that worry of like oh man do i need to keep almost one-upping myself in terms of how interesting it is or what i am doing i guess the worry of people deciding like oh this is just kind of samey and i'm i'm over it and it's not as fun anymore mm-hmm. but i found that over the the years it's like that's not the case and in fact i've found that people are really receptive when i'm like hey i'm going to maybe even change up not necessarily the format but i'm just going to do more of like what i think sounds fun versus what i think maybe everyone really wants mm-hmm. and it usually ends up being that what people want to listen to is what I think is fun and what interests me that specific week. And so I think that's been a really cool thing is feeling very reassured that this audience that we have doesn't feel like they are owed any specific kind of of content or it's it's all been very low pressure so far and I'm so grateful for that because that's not always the case when you are making stuff and you are releasing things consistently on like you know a weekly or bi-weekly basis like we are and so I think that's been the the nicest thing there's that comfort that you know people are are, have stuck around and I hope will continue to stick around you know regardless of what we're we're doing as long as our hearts are still in it yeah I think that's the main thing um, because I do love because I think you've said before that your research episodes are are one of your favorite things to do. While we all like to talk about a shitty fucking movie uh, every now and then, House of Wax, like I do enjoy the research episodes because I feel like I learn a lot. And I even cited the podcast when I was still in school, when I was still in college for my film school. So. Yeah, the research episodes are are a weird thing where I do I I love them and they're the ones that I'm the most proud of when they're done they're also the hardest ones yes. to make and they take a lot out of me I I mean it feels like writing a it feels like writing an essay for for college or something and it's it's exhausting and oh, I think I I just re- I, reminded myself of um the the episode of uh the haunted or like a cursed set oh, like and cursed. you were you were talking about how much you hated the research because of that reason it was miserable so like that one and it was weird because that one seemed like a more i'm gonna do a more fun research one because i'm the other ones where it gets more into like oh i have to tie this back into 
American history or film history. It's like, oh man, that's it's like actual kind of academia type shit, and the work is the research is a lot more intense. I was like, okay, let's do like cursed films. That'll be fun because I don't believe in curses and things. I'm not like superstitious like that, so it'll be kind of an interesting like you know, let's look at this phenomenon and talk about why people think that movies can be cursed. And it ended up being just so fucking depressing because <laughs> all yeah. the, the reasons people think movies are cursed is because, like, life happens to people that are in movies and some of those things are a bit more, um, like, macabre than normal or, like, someone dies at a young age. But, like, that just happens, you know? Like, that's, that's what happens yeah. to to people it's not i think we i think we just as humans really want i think we fear something like that happening to us so we come up with these frameworks like well it's because they worked on poltergeist and that movie was cursed therefore nothing like that could ever happen to me kind of feeling you won't get stabbed or uh, choked at your own home because you didn't work on that set yeah exactly yeah and you said in that episode you could pull that from probably the despicable me movie like on okay let's do it despicable despicable me we can we could probably argue despicable me is cursed it might not be old enough is the thing i feel like if it's a more recent movie there hasn't been enough time for like bad shit to happen to people who've worked on it do we want to do finding nemo then okay finding nemo here we go um i mean was john lasseter involved with that no it was andrew stanton Let's see, Andrew Stanton. Is your personal life pretty normal? Looks like it. Something <laughs> yeah, something, something fucked up happened to Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, I, I clearly used uh, Nemo for this outfit. So, and I'm the reason his oh, mother's yeah, dead. <laughs> I think when when we see you having fun with the podcast, I think that's when everyone kind of enjoys. Yeah, and it's like and a symbiotic, some yeah, a symbiotic kind of relationship. Yeah, and I've. You know, I try not to make myself feel guilty when, for example, you know, someone says like, oh, I really like the the research episodes and, you know, because then I'll feel bad. Like, oh, no, I don't do more of them. But it's also like I don't want to be making stuff where it's like, oh, man, I feel like I'm really pulling my own teeth out yeah. to just get you this done. You have homework. You have homework. Exactly. Yeah, it feels. It, yeah. And I think right now I'm just enjoying talking about just individual movies each week, especially newer ones, because it's an excuse to like keep up with everything that's come out lately. Mm-hmm. And also like, you know, talking about movies, like for example, we just talked about Nope. And that movie is, even though that's not like a research episode per se, there's so much going on in that film that you inevitably kind of start delving into, you know, American history, mm-hmm. culture, like society, just anthropology almost of like (laughs) our our, you know the entertainment industry and stuff and what aspects of it really fascinate us and so I think it's I'm kind of almost you know using more specific movies to talk about those topics that people really like where it gets a bit more like you know people want to say that they think that they've really learned something listening to the podcast I think we can still do that through like movie reviews yeah I'm a teacher like, now. I will teach I'm you. I'm a teacher. My question that I have for you is what part of your content makes you say to yourself, this is why I do this? So I kind of kind of tie in with the what we were just talking about, you know, being kind of like a teacher, like some people retaining <laughs> some information. So, Yeah, I think what's 
really, really cool and rewarding is when we hear from fans who maybe, I don't know, kind of think that we've made them think a little bit differently about something like, you know, how they consume media or even just more broadly speaking, like the types of people that they're seeing on screen. Um, It's kind of incredible how often I've heard that someone's had their mind changed about how they feel about transgender people after just listening to a discussion we had with a friend of the show, Joan Ford, who's an amazing uh, comedian. She's transgender. She was really generous with her time coming to do an episode with us. And uh, a lot of our audience does skew younger. So it's kind of a thing where, you know, maybe someone didn't necessarily feel a certain way because they're young and still trying to understand their place in the world. And at that age, you know, you're so impressionable. You're such like a little, like a sponge. You're just absorbing everything and, and kind of hearing that we have maybe reached someone who is that very young, impressionable age where they, you know, they take away this kind of tolerance or, um, you know, respect for people who are, who are different than them and understanding why stories about different kinds of people are still, you know, at their core human stories and still applicable to anyone watching them, even if they're not, you know, it's not like yourself being represented on screen and how valuable that is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's like one of the most rewarding things, I think. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I I do want to say like, because I reposted that video of you in uh, Nine Ice Kills, which we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. And I was looking at the, um, because I just want to follow more like kind of like horror lovers, because I honestly wasn't, I used to be like so into horror, especially younger and then kind of like middle school. And then I kind of had to fade out when I moved to America because I just had, you know, culture shock and I was a little Mm -hmm. anxious about everything. You have kind of caught me back into horror. And so I wanted to connect more with people. And I noticed that a lot of people reacting to that video were like kind of like queer people. And I was like, I think the queers, we love, we love Chelsea. I don't speak for everybody, (laughs) but I feel like, I don't know, like we, we, we attach ourselves to, you know, a, a strong female character um, oh, that's that's so sweet. I I think you know that's not ever something that like I set out intentionally to to do because I do think that you can I think you can tell when people are even trying to do that mm-hmm. where it's like you're trying to build like that specific audience for yourself and that always comes off <laughs> as a bit sinister to yeah. me. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like I'm marketing myself as this politicians kind of, like, be like you know yeah yeah yeah. But I think it's just. It also is just horror in general is like a place for whether it's like, you know, misfits or people who don't fit the the mold of like what we consider an average person or, or what we societally consider like an acceptable person, right? Someone who is not afraid to just live their life being who they are. And I think that's I think that's horror in general, mm-hmm. too, is that kind of, you know because horror for as long as horror films have been made has had this kind of queer history too like you james whale who made frankenstein a bride of frankenstein was was openly gay and the movie gods of gods and monsters is about him it's very very good big recommend um yeah i don't know so i think there's that part to it too i think it's like you know i'm very flattered that it's (laughs) you i have like uh you know, a certain kind of fan base, but I think it's also because I cover this 
you know, t- this genre and this mm-hmm. niche too. Now, do you ever feel like because I know I personally enjoyed the uh, the kill counts that you did for oh my God? Um, oh, it was American, American Psycho. American Psycho, and, yes. American Psycho too. Thank you. But I know you were talking about like some kind of like negative reactions that happened. Mm-hmm. So, do you ever have a situation, especially in this community, because sometimes. Like most men in life, men can kind of overpower and take a lot and feel like they represent everything. But I know that there's a lot of women that I know who actually love horror, but I feel like they Mm -hmm. might get a little pushed out because of kind of people like that, like negative people. So like, how has that been for you, Um, especially with the growing channel, the growing podcasts and everything like that? Yeah, I mean... Like I kind of said earlier, I don't ever, I don't Google myself mm-hmm. or uh, read things about, my, about myself. I am not like James who can sit and just like read the YouTube comment section. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. I don't, like I don't, he, he has like a, like his brain is just made of steel. I don't know how he's able to, to deal with it. I think he just really doesn't take any of it personally, which you shouldn't. It's the internet. It's hard not to, uh, cause we're all human, but. I don't know. I think I just like the longer that I've I've been doing this kind of stuff, I have to just remember that especially when so like taking over the kill count, which is the main series on on Dead Meat, the audience for it is gigantic. It is like the flagship series of the channel and you just always have to remember and this goes for like doing anything online or going into you know entertainment where you're going to start maybe performing for a bigger audience or getting feedback from more people it's just you have to just remember that it's like it's a double-edged thing where yes it sucks when people are mean but the cool thing is it's you are doing something and enough people are seeing it to where it's not just the people watching it who are obliged to be nice to you Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense I just have to always remember that I've come so far from just making stuff that like only my friends see or that my parents see and they're like this is great sweetheart Mm -hmm. you know you're doing amazing (laughs) sweetie exactly yeah yeah. and so while that kind of stuff really hurts and things you know people are mean it's made me cry before it happens that's like making stuff online but I do have to just choose to take the good from that and be like you know what people are watching stuff that I make and Mm -hmm. you think of any you know even like Tom Hanks I feel like most people love Tom Hanks yeah but a lot of people think that he is like part of QAnon and like is a lizard person yeah. or just you know so it's like it, it, you can be anyone you yeah. can be Beyonce seemingly... even has haters like Beyonce yes. has haters so yeah so it just it is what it is it's mm-hmm. it's human nature and you're not gonna make everyone happy and not everyone's gonna like you so I think as I get older too I just don't care as much yeah that's kind of how I feel especially when um when you're like a stage performer you know you have to meet a lot of people and some people have drama with other people and I'm like I don't care yeah I honestly no offense I don't care especially Mm -hmm. if I'm not getting paid to care you know yeah Um, yeah (laughs) which you know not everything is about money but sometimes if it's affecting your mental health it's like okay what I didn't clock in I didn't clock in for this so I'm Mm -hmm. gonna go home and uh eat some vegan cookies so. Yeah, like there's there's no yeah, like why bother getting yourself worked, especially because it's like in the long run, no one's gonna remember 
like some random yeah like yeah inter- jason uh, 2185 called me a yeah. fat bitch you know yeah like, like you're <laughs> yeah it's you know it's unfortunately i hate being like oh it's the internet because i don't want to sound like it's a a license for or that it's like okay that people act that way it's not but it's like that's just kind of the reality of making stuff online yeah but mm-hmm. i mean as long as you're enjoying it which blink twice are you okay you know, <laughs> are you still having fun chelsea no i'm having i'm great i got my like i'm just surrounded by my mortal Kombat figurines back here which and we're hopefully great. you will uh voice someday Oh, that's the dream. I want to be in a Mortal Kombat so bad. Yeah. How has that journey been for you? So, like, um, you, you've you kind of been, per, like, posting on Twitter a lot, like, your journey of voice acting. Um, I've, uh, yeah. I've listened to when you do, like, different character ones. I think he did Bart once before. Oh, um, yeah, I did uh, Millhouse. Millhouse. I love doing yes. Millhouse okay. from The Simpsons. That's James's favorite yeah. that I, I would always do for Marge, him. Marge, I can only do Marge if, like, oh, homie. Oh, yeah, well, like, you know. that's better than I can do. I think Marge is really hard. Yeah. But yeah, yeah how, how's the, the voice acting journey for you? Is it something where you, you want to do this outside of like the horror genre, right? So like, yeah. how, how is that kind of, because um, I don't think anyone should be pigeonholed. Do what you want to do. So like, how has that conflicted you in any way? Or you're just kind of like, let me go for it. I don't care. It's honestly actually made me find a lot more joy in dead meat because it's become where dead meat is not my only thing. And I need variety personally to kind of stay interested in something. Um, So it's felt a bit like less routine, I think, going back to, to dead meat like every week, every other week to do the podcast when I also have this other stuff that I'm I'm pursuing. I think it keeps my daily life from feeling kind of, you know, samey yeah. um week to week. I think too what's what's been really cool is as I've been, you know, taking voice classes, kind of networking with voice people, it's it's a neat thing to not just be a voice actor, to just to be like, hey, I have this whole other thing that I also do and this is my interest. And it it is nice to kind of have some variety to offer people if you're, you know, talking to like industry yeah. people, I guess. You know, it it makes you stand out a bit and I think it just adds some dimension to the stuff that I'm making. But it is also nice to just, you know, get outside the realm of just you know horror all day every day because yeah again it like it's it helps me when I return to horror I find such renewed joy Mm. in it you Um, feel missing it yeah for sure like it is a little bit of absence makes the heart grow fonder a little bit for sure I think I have like yeah kind of more energy for it more um it feels a lot more fun like I'm feeling more of the excitement that I felt initially, like when we first started doing all of this, mm-hmm. instead of letting it become routine, I, I really think I needed to shake it up a little bit. And instead of like that being, oh, I'm totally revamping the entire show or totally changing what I do on the channel or God forbid, not doing it at all anymore. Instead, it's like, I'm going to pursue this entirely separate thing. Yeah. And you can so. do both. Mm-hmm. Women can oh, do yeah. both, people. <laughs> Chelsea and I are going to go to an ad break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking more about, oh my God, about Chelsea. More about me. Yeah. yeah. 
Have you ever wanted to support the continuation of Stay on the Line but you don't know how? Well, here's how. On Patreon.com, you can support the Stay on the Line podcast for just $1. Each tier has their separate benefits. Some include early access to episodes, video additions to the podcast, commentary tracks, and much more. Not convinced yet? I'll show you how to even sew a little on the Patreon. Yeah, you too could be a fashion girl up in this bitch. So, if you would like to support, head over to Patreon.com forward slash stay on the line and you can start supporting the podcast and its continuation today. Welcome back to the podcast where we're going to talk more about me. Me. Well, not me. Uh, No, we're going to be talking about me. M-I-I. We're going to be talking about Nintendo. Yes, we're going to talk all about me's, all the history of Nintendo me's. I... I don't know anything. I don't either. I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to see some more um, acting from you, voice-wise, and also with Nine Ice Kills. I, I, oh, yeah. oh, it's uh, Ice Nine Ice Kills. Ice Nine Kills. There's my dyslexia coming through. I'm thinking of, like, Nine Inch Nails, too. So sometimes yep, yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. Nine Inch Kills. I'm like, yes, Nine it Inch does. Kills, yes. Um, but you were recently in the shower scene. So if yes. you haven't watched that... I'm, putting it in the show notes go watch it it's a music video but then it also goes into like an acting you played officer ophelia yeah uh-huh so i never knew that you were like a screamer like that that sounds so weird out of context but uh, yeah sounds... for sure <laughs> like but i didn't know that you i sound like the guy but... from creep i'm like i didn't know you had that in you <laughs> yeah <laughs> well like i think that whole like part of it so I get I get murdered in a shower by like an acid shower kind of it's like almost like an acid bath and I just get dissolved to death and it's really gory and awesome and the makeup was super super cool um but that part of it because I I like like straight up on-screen acting I enjoy it I do find it kind of stressful because it's just a whole different thing compared to voice stuff mm-hmm. uh but it weirdly that's where most of my experience acting is is like just random crap on screen mm-hmm. and uh so it was like we filmed we'd filmed all the dialogue and then they're like okay we need you to, to scream and i was like okay great that's the thing i know i can do yeah. like it's i think because it's like that's all i mean that's physical acting but that's all like you got to have the right sound the right you know, especially it's like a straight up horror thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, great. I can do that. That's perfect. And that was like the easiest part, weirdly. Yeah. What? What? Which part of that was kind of like your your favorite part in the making of that? That was either like the behind the scenes or your initial reaction to seeing the end product on YouTube. Like which part of it was like, oh, yeah. I kind of I ate this shit up. Like I kind of did I that. Think it, yeah, yeah. I think it was when they put the first layer of makeup on me because they did the makeup in stages to kind of make it look like I was I was gradually being dissolved by this acid shower. Yeah. And I think the best was when I had that first layer of makeup on and I got in the shower and they were like, okay, we're going to like record the audio. So if you could scream, we'll get the audio. And then just doing that. And I think them not expecting it to be as loud as it, it was. Yeah. And they were like, Okay, that's great. You don't need to do that again. It's really hurting our ears. Yeah. You're over there like, yeah. Yeah, I did that. What about Mm -hmm. it? What about it? Yeah. Because they also, it was so gross. They had little pieces of latex. They kind of stuck on there so I could could peel them off. And And the goo. Just getting 
Yeah, just getting to go 100% like over the top, dramatic, loud, because that's not what I'm really like in person either. I think talking to me, I'm pretty, pretty, you know, chill and nice and friendly. And people are always surprised I even like horror movies as much as I do. But then just getting onto that set and just kind of giving it my 100% most fucked up all was really satisfying. Yeah. Can we hopefully maybe see you in some like other roles? Or maybe you being like... I'm down to get murdered in any horror movie ever. If like... They want to put me in a saw trap. I will do it. You know what? The next one, it's coming out next year. So I, I feel like it's not too late to shove oh Chelsea gosh, into please. something. <laughs> I would love It's weird. I, I was just talking to someone about like voice acting and acting in general. And I, I love on-screen acting. I don't ever think I would want to like carry a movie. I don't think mm. I could ever be the, the main character of anything. That just is not... I just don't think that's where my strengths would be. Mm. I love the idea of being like a character actor though, or Mm. doing bit parts where, you know, or just like, or like villain acting where it's, I'm in like tons of makeup Mm -hmm. and stuff. Kind of like what Bonnie, Bonnie Aarons does. I have the nun behind me. Oh, hi Bonnie. Bonnie. Something like that I think is really appealing. Yeah. I would love to see you in something like that, especially if you wanted, because Bonnie was in um, Jacob's Wine. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, she was in. I didn't the even master. know that was. I didn't even know that was her. I know she looks. I mean, she's in full Nosferatu get up. She looks incredible. Yeah, I want to see you like that. I would. Oh my god, let's I would make love it happen. That. I don't know anybody, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I know you. Uh, you know yeah, anyone? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I also want to, you know, wanted to bring up you were in Scream Five, which is yes. pretty fucking gnarly. How I know you talked a little bit on the um, the like kind of update episode that you did with the, the marriage. Which congratulations! I was a little offended that I wasn't like the flower ghoul, you know? Oh my god! Just throwing gosh. roses. Um, oh man, I wish we thought of that. Yeah. Um. You know, I just go back in time and you know email me. So how was just. I guess seeing yourself on in IMAX. So weird. It's like I think I think the coolest thing about it was that since we filmed it ourselves, so we have like a brief cameo in Scream Five, and it's me and my husband James basically playing a parody of our own YouTube channel. And so we just filmed it on our set and sent it to them. And it was great because I could pick all the takes. Mm-hmm. I could pick what I thought we sounded best in and where we both looked the best and sent that in. So there wasn't the anxiety of like, Oh God, I hope I didn't sound stupid or I hope I don't look stupid because I picked it. So it's, (laughs) I know what I'm getting myself into. So I think that was a neat kind of first speaking role in a big movie like that, because I had so much control over it. So I didn't have to lose any sleep. I don't know. It was just, it was, kind of neat seeing the context of it too because they sent us the they sent us our lines and you know from that we couldn't glean too much about what the story was and then a few months later they sent us a kind of rough cut of us comped in to where we were gonna be because we're on like a laptop screen James and I watched that clip so many times (laughs) like 
I don't know, like forensics detectives trying to figure out who's watching the computer. Who do we hear in the back? <laughs> because we can hear a voice in the background. Someone's like on the phone in the background. Who is that? Is it Hayden Panettiere? I don't know. We were convinced yeah. it was Hayden Panettiere oh, for like months. I love that she's going to be in six too. I know. I'm so me excited. too. Okay. Me too. Um, I don't know anything about Scream 6. I'm not just saying that because of an idea. Like, I truly, I have no idea. I'm not involved at all. So Blink twice if no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I truly, like, I know nothing. Uh, so it's going to be cool, like, having it be a total surprise. But, yeah, I mean, even for us being briefly in that last one, it was still, like, it was cool watching the puzzle pieces come together yeah. of like whatever we could glean from that one very short scene we were in and then also seeing how wrong we were about who was actually in that part. yeah that's pretty cool though i mean hopefully we can see you i mean i feel like it's never too late to if if chelsea wasn't added and james you know throw him in the beginning of a, a scene maybe in scream six or you know some point even background character number four which yeah, like exactly. you know give us something get Give us something. That's some of my only IMDb trivia is that I was an extra in a I did, I, in I did Harold and Kumar 3D. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on, guys. We need a... We got to update we this. Gotta, yeah. Let's add a little something. My my friend put that there like years ago. It's just that's like old ass IMDb trivia that one of my friends from high school put there. Yeah, I'm like very prominently an extra in that, though. If you watch Harold and Kumar 3D, you'll see me. Like, I'm there. You said, I got it's a big like, role. Yeah, I have a very big role standing next to a beer pong table that they're playing beer pong at and watching a CGI ping pong ball bounce off a bunch of stuff. I do want to bring up the fact that you have stated before that you are going to be producing a movie. Yeah. So do tell what you can tell about that, how that process is. Because I know you said before you just do not like writing. That uh, I don't, script. I'm not much of a yeah. writer, no. I can give, I can edit stuff though. I like giving notes on things. I can help rewrite. I'm good at that. But as far as coming up with something totally from scratch, it's just not my, I've, I've tried to maybe think or or tried to believe like no no there's I could write something if I really like I just my brain doesn't work that way I I know so many people who are writers and they're like I have so many stories I need to just get out of me and I'm like that's me (laughs) yeah you're like I see and I'm the opposite I'm like oh man if I just thought really hard about you know a cool story maybe I could come up with something but that just Mm -hmm. doesn't that's not how my brain works yeah so this this movie I'm producing is called uh pre-game and it's a horror comedy about the uh, school rivalry between the University of Michigan, which is where I went to college with James, and Ohio State, uh, which is like a very, very old, uh, specifically football rivalry, although it's not like a football movie. There's no football played in it at all that we see. It just, it's more the school rivalry yeah. and like tribalism and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's like a college kind of think of like like a happy death day or yeah, a yeah. freaky kind of um, is the tone that we're we're going for. But yeah, uh, there's not much I can say other than we're producing it and there's people tentatively on board. But it's all stuff I have to be kind of sneaky about. I can't really say yeah. anything. You don't want to put too much into existence because then it, it feels like well. Like, even with writing, I'm like, I need to pick up on my writing because if I talk all about these stories I have in my head, then I'm mm-hmm. not going to get to it. So, 
it's I feel like I've always heard that advice where it's like if you want to get something done just tell someone that you're gonna you're you're doing it or that you're working on it and then you'll feel like for for me that makes it worse I I feel like if I tell someone like I'm gonna do this and then there's that pressure like oh fuck I gotta actually do this and then or else that person or people are going to be disappointed. Yeah. It makes me less likely to finish that thing. I don't know why. It just makes me anxious, if anything. Yeah. It takes a lot of joy out of whatever that thing is, I think, is maybe what happens. With Dead Meat, the Kill Counts, and also the podcast, and just kind of doing those things for the past almost half a decade, has any of that process been taken into the consideration of this movie? Like, have you thought about, like, you know, you reviewing all these things and doing all this research, has that been like, oh, I need to apply that to the movie process, the movie-making process? Has any of that kind of been thought of? Yeah, totally. James and I know that making this movie, there's going to be already, like, expectations, right, of what it's going to be. And part of that is, yeah, because we... We review horror movies and we write about horror movies and our career, like our livelihoods are talking about other people's horror movies Mm -hmm. and what we like about them, what we don't like about them, what we think, you know, maybe could be better about a movie while Mm -hmm. we're reviewing it. And so there is that weird pressure of like, okay, we're now we're making something. So let's see if we, you know, if we can talk the talk and walk the walk kind of thing. But I think, you know, as much as like there's that pressure, there's also that kind of the fun of knowing that we can use that pressure and that expectation to push it a little bit in terms of how violent we're allowed to be and how like explicitly horror this thing can be. Yeah. Um, because sometimes studios are leery of something that is maybe more violent or something that is very genre. And we're able to be like, look, if people are going to come see this because they know that we're involved, they're going to expect it to be gory yeah. as fuck because that is how we've made our living. Yeah. No cutaways, no cutaway kills. Right. Like there have to be crazy kills and there have to be a, a, a decent amount of them because that's literally the kind of house that dead meat was built. You know, that's like the foundation yeah. of what the golden chainsaw. Exactly. We can't have no dull machetes, baby. We got to be golden chainsaws. Yeah. So for us, that's fun because we can then be like, well, you kind of have to let us go a little crazy Mm -hmm. or else people are going to be disappointed. Yeah. And people are going to come see the movie if it's graphic. If Mm y'all don't do this, then, you know, we can't do anything about that. Yeah. So it's a simultaneous, like, nervousness that, yeah, it's kind of the dead meat name and our reputation is like, horror people, critics, whatever, is, yes, riding quite a bit on something like this, but also it's the excitement that we can use that as an excuse to get really weird and fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for whenever it's called... Have y'all, like... Pre-game. Have y'all explicitly said the title before? I don't know if we have, and who knows if that's going to change, but oh for now, God, that's an what it is. Exclusive! Oh, okay. That's so exciting. Yeah. You know, if you need, you know, a tree in the background, a bush, <laughs> background character number four, please let me know. Uh, yes, I will fly absolutely. out there. Like, for, <laughs> I, you don't have to pay me nothing. I will do it, so. Oh, man. I, I really hope that it's 
you know, it gets made soon. Again, it's the weird, we're in the like stage of, of producing it where I like being on the creative end of producing something again. Like I love giving script notes. I like, you know, helping with, we've gotten some concept art mm -hmm. done for like the general look feel. I love all that stuff. Casting, great. Then now we're in like the, we need money phase. And that's very, the business yeah. phase of it where it's like, yeah, okay, but this is all great, but we need the numbers on a sheet kind of thing. And yeah. that's where I'm just, it's, it's just, a, it's not what I have experience mm -hmm. in. We have, I mean, we have people that's beyond just me and James trying to make this thing. It's mostly in yeah. their hands now, honestly. It's also where I'm just like, I feel like that picture of the dog dressed like a scientist at the chemistry <laughs> set. Do you know where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm the dog where the fire's happening in the background. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, just here. <laughs> Yeah, this is me sliding a note over to Shudder, being like, hey, just a little <laughs> suggestion here if you want to yeah, be yeah. original. But yeah, besides that, I can't say too much else about it. Well, I'll make sure to review it when it happens. And um, I, I will come to the premiere if I, I don't know how oh that will gosh. happen. I will make an outfit. I, I will make an outfit. I that make would an be outfit. incredible. <laughs> I'll be a football if I need to. Yeah, <laughs> you could be like a like a creepy like cheerleader or something. I mean, in some world, this probably is a creepy cheerleader. So I will. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, if you need a dead drag queen cheerleader in the movie in the background, let yeah. me know. Let Perfect. me know. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay, so I did ask you um, a specific question because I thought that it kind of would take a little bit more time to think of. I talked about a book, which is The Essential Horror Movies by Michael Mallory. Shout out to Michael. Don't know who you are. You're probably lovely. Um, <laughs> and he offers a lot of great movie recommendations from like the 20s up until the 10s, really, until 2012. But I guess that's kind of when the movie was published because we don't really see anything after kind of like paranormal activity so mm -hmm. i want to ask you what do you think are some horror films from 2013 to up to now that you think are some like essential movies for like people to maybe even get into or if they need to do their you know if you're really going to be a fan you need to watch this movie so yeah Ooh. yeah because it's crazy that that book it seems like it stops right before a very dramatic shift yes. in in horror and what is popular right now and kind of this I think golden age that we're in I think there's so much amazing horror stuff out there right now and we're so lucky to be living through it I mean I think one of the first big movies that kicks off this kind of current wave is the Babadook uh which what year did that come out I want to say 2014 been? I think it was like 2014 yeah and the Babadook I think is the like first big horror movie that I can think of where it's doing the uh what we kind of all call and we hate it but it it is a I guess now it's just what we know it as the elevated horror type yeah um, big brain horror big brain you need horror. to have wrinkles on that brain to know what's happening yeah yeah no smooth brain no smooth horror brains. yeah <laughs> it's like a movie that is clearly it's about something right and it's yeah. like it's very, I want to say, like, it's not like a slow movie, but it's, like, very thoughtfully paced, and it's not about the big um, scare moments. It's not about the gore. It's, like, a very, you know, it's, like, a very meditative movie that is clearly, it. there's, you can sit with it and, and chew on it, and there's something to really, 
it's like a, it's a movie you can sit and analyze. It's not meant to be a horror movie where you shut your brain off and it's a popcorn. Yeah. Unless you're Logan Paul, then that brain's just not working. And <laughs> the most simple shit just goes right over your head. So That and, I mean, also around the same time, I think like 2012 or 13 is The Conjuring too. And The Conjuring is not as much of like what I would call the elevated horror, but it's still, there's like the hallmark. Like you kind of get the... It's within the same, like, sensibility. There's, like, if they were, like, a Venn, if it was a Venn diagram and it was, like, The Conjuring and The Duke, there's totally an overlap yeah. there where it's, like, The Conjuring, they're... I don't even think anyone dies. I forget if anyone no even one, dies in it. No one, I don't think it. anyone dies in The Conjuring. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of, it's got this, like, slowness to it, although there are some fucking scares in that movie yes. that I think are incredible. And it's more of, like, a character thing where it's about this family and it's about the Warrens and stylistically it's not the same kind of gore-fest type flick that maybe we'd been getting, you know, early 2000s is, like, torture porn yes. and that kind of subgenre. So I think that then, like, Get Out, I think, is one of the biggest, like, you know, I think Bob. I think Baba Duke is like trying to think of like a good comparison. If you're gonna say like Halloween and what it did to horror is like Get Out, Texas Chainsaw is kind of like the Baba Duke, where there's like a lot of the DNA of Get Out. You can kind of also see in the Baba Duke, but Get Out mm-hmm. is the one that I think like really, really kind of started to change what was popular in horror and what was seen as like marketable and what people so many people have since tried to mm-hmm. imitate and that's when we start getting people calling it elevated horror it's like oh this is kind of like a subgenre now yeah and i yeah. think that the main thing that i do like about kind of the mid 2010s to like the 2020s right now is i feel like maybe i'm just stupid but i feel like we have been getting a lot more original kind of stories a little bit more original horror um, yeah totally that i enjoy you know i mean the 80s and the 90s were just remakes and or not remakes sequels and then Mm -hmm. the early 2000s to even sometimes now we're getting we're kind of still getting those remakes kind of like that we're stepping more into the direction like i loved malignant i love love that movie you were gabriel for Halloween. I was Gabriel yeah. for Halloween. I love that fucking movie. People were like, this movie is stupid. And I was like, the girls who get it, get it. And those yeah. who don't. It's like, it is know. stupid. That's why it's awesome. That's yeah. why it's so much fun. I remember watching it with my friend, Jaleesa. Jaleesa loves Dead Meat, too. Shout out to Jaleesa. But we were <laughs> like, this movie fucking rocks. This yes. movie rocks, you know? Yeah. If anything, even if you if you watch Malignant and you hate every second of it, you have to at least appreciate that James Wan, because he made Aquaman and made Warner Brothers a bunch of money, was then able to be like, hey, give me some money to make this thing that I want to make. And they were like, all right, dude, here you go. You made Aquaman, so one for you, one for me kind of thing. Here's your budget to make Malignant. And he just did whatever the fuck he wanted, and it's such a treat. Yeah, that's honestly, like, one of my favorite movies in recent years. Like, I just now started getting back into going to theaters, and I saw Nope a few times. That was a very fun movie experience. And I don't know, and and X. X is also, Mm -hmm. like, something fun, and... I don't know. I, I kind of, those are some things that I would definitely recommend. And Get Out, too, was, I think yeah. what you said, it kind of is the standpoint where I remember when Babadook came out 
And my mom was watching it with me. With me, she's not listening right now. But she was like, "Can we watch something else? I'm bored." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I understand. Um, yeah, same with like the the Ari Aster kind of because that's another. I think Hereditary is another huge one. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think the the double whammy of Get Out and Hereditary. I don't. I forget they were the same year, but they were like pretty damn close to each other. I think yeah, those are like was the twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. I think Hereditary was definitely twenty eighteen. I think was it God or twenty nineteen? Why do I feel like it was older than that? I mean, maybe it's just time is Hereditary. yeah twenty eighteen. Wow. Okay, maybe time's not going by as fast as I think it is, which is a good thing. Yeah, that movie also just like really solidified like oh this is what horror fans maybe are craving right now and Mm -hmm. i think you know for better and worse um because i think a lot of the those the kind of like quote-unquote elevated horror type stuff that's come out in its wake a lot of it i don't think is that good because i think it just misses the mark of what something like hereditary or get out is yeah it like it it's paced like they're paced like they are for a reason. They are serious like they are. I mean, Get Out is is much different in tone than Hereditary, but they, you know, I guess like Hereditary is is dramatic like it is for a reason. It's mm-hmm. like it's a very well thought out story, and there's so much heart to it. And then you get, you know, people who maybe just kind of take the style and aren't necessarily, you know, there's not that same kind of thoughtful, like, script or kind of backbone to it. Yeah, and it's more like those are kind a of slog. <laughs> implicating what they think might be, like, kind of like a big brain movie. You yeah, know? like, uh-huh. Like, for me, Mother was kind of on the tier of that. Did you ever see Mother? I did see Mother. Yeah. I, it just made me anxious. Yeah, I yes, understand yeah. what the movie's supposed to be, but it just made me anxious. Like I understand mm-hmm. what some of these directors are wanting, but it's not like maybe I'm. It, they're they're just too smart, and I feel like sometimes I'm like I don't. I it I think I mean that's how I felt about Men, the like new Alex Garland, and I normally really like Alex Garland, but that one felt like what you kind of are talking about, where it's like this is like a very big I, big serious idea and I'm going to make a movie about this very serious idea and it just kind of it just it I don't know it just I think when you're kind of I don't know it just it just didn't quite work for me yeah. um maybe because it is like too obvious and yeah I did have a moment like you you just said where I'm like is this really obvious or is it do I just think it's really obvious because I'm I'm dumb and I don't get it? <laughs> like, is yeah. it just too? Are we? Are is it too far removed from what I'm able to kind of analyze about it? But I don't know. Yeah, I would just say if you're a director and you're listening or producer, it's good to have us think, but don't make us burn rubber with our brain cells rubbing against each other. You know. Yeah, or if you're going to, I guess it's the difference between making something like that where it is you can tell that it's an idea that I think challenges the the person making it and the challenges the director and is maybe something that's genuinely like eating them up inside a little bit or something they they spend a lot of time thinking about or Mm -hmm. something that personally really affects them that's why I think Get Out is so damn good because it's clearly made from personal experience it's made with heart there's intention and versus kind of coming up with an idea where it's like, oh, this would be, like, something really deep, and it 
you can tell it's maybe not very personally related to the person making it and that yeah. maybe they just came up with it because they're like this is what this kind of horror movie should be like mm-hmm. and then they dress it up in all the clothes of a of a of a smart uh air quotes horror movie and it just doesn't have the same you know pretentious that's the word yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's a little too pretentious. Sometimes we need to get, like, on house. We need to get a 10-year-old in the room and tell us what they think is scary mm-hmm. and kind of go mm-hmm. from there. Do wanted to, you know, congratulate you on the Dead Meat Awards 2022. You hosted Thank the Dead you. Meat Awards. What was the main importance for you, for you and James, to have that? I personally know what it is. Well, I might know what it is. But I, I want to ask you, like, what was the initial thing that led up to doing that? I think it's, well, I mean, like, the big thing is how overlooked horror often is during award season. Um, it's still, as as much as every time a horror movie or horror-adjacent movie gets nominated for Oscars, like, for example, yet again, Get Out, nominated for um, original screenplay and actor. I'm trying to remember what else it was nominated for. It might have just been screenplay. Yeah, I know I it went remember. screenplay for sure. Yeah. I feel like whenever that happens horror fans are always like, is this finally us being taken a little bit more seriously? And it does and you know, I feel like we're often, we're usually kind of disappointed after <laughs> the the, yeah. the kind of novelty wears off of, of something like that getting more mainstream acclaim, which is really frustrating and we wanted to kind of have this award show to not only talk about just the movies that get overlooked but the people who make them and you know even even coming up with our own categories that we feel are overlooked um you know beyond genre like stunt Mm -hmm. actors are are hideously overlooked by awards and because when you when you think about it we we think about the uh like okay an actor plays i don't know like think of like any superhero they all have stunt doubles and so technically you have those people playing those characters as well it's not the they're not the face they're not the the speaking performance or the but it's it's part of what makes that character believable in the world that they inhabit is this certain kind of physicality you know like especially those like superhero movies that are so huge right now it's like it's kind of wild to me we just overlook the whole area of of stunts in general it's over kind of 50 percent of the movie especially Mm -hmm. even like cgi and things like that i feel like people don't really especially marvel now marvel if you want to book me or chelsea for any gig we take this back (laughs) But right, I'll I'll rewrite all of my own. I'll delete all my past tweets. Yeah, but you know, in this connotation, they I feel like they're overworked at this moment. I do like that oh, y'all yeah. did highlight, you know, best kind of graphics during yeah. the Dead Meat Awards. Yeah, because we I think on Dead Meat we do often kind of we'll complain when you can tell something is obviously CGI, especially a horror movie. I think for horror, you have to really feel like something is is actually there to feel frightened by it. It's yeah. why the original, like John Carpenter's The Thing. That's exactly um, what I was thinking. I was going to say the original thing, which isn't true. The Thing is is a remake. It is, um, yeah. People often forget. But that movie still works all these years later because you could feel like you could touch all the stuff in it. And it adds to the fear, even if maybe something feels like it could you can tell it's like an animatronic or a puppet. There's still something about that that makes any kind of scare so much more effective because it feels like it, it's something that realistically could like maybe grab you yeah. or, you, you know, touch you. And I agree. 
Like, yeah. it, it, like, I, you know, I don't care if it might not even look best. I don't care if it's goosebumps. But to me, you know, yeah. it kind of looks real mm-hmm. to me. I don't know. But we still, with the award show, wanted to have a category for visual effects like CG and, and uh, you know, computer graphics and stuff. Because when it's used well in horror and when you effectively can't tell that there is any CGI is when it's amazing and I think is so cool. Like Malignant, there's, I think, very light, some, some like light CGI done in that film. And although a lot of it is animatronic, like the, the like Gabriel and yeah. um, the stunt woman who is playing Gabriel running around backwards, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a quiet place. Uh, there's a ton of CGI in that, but that I think works pretty well. It, like, you know... It, it, it helps stitch the movie together. So there is totally a place for it. And so I, we also wanted to highlight that to avoid being totally one-sided on it. Cause I don't think that's fair either. Yeah. Movies. Movies. <laughs> I just, I fucking love movies, man. They're hard to make. It's a miracle. Any movie gets made period. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is like, even if a movie sucks, it's crazy that it got made. And, and that's kind of also part of my philosophy as a reviewer too, is like, they all made a movie and I didn't, you know, regardless of how much I like or dislike something, even if I fucking hate something, I still have like such a profound respect for the people who've made it. Yeah. Even if I'm like, man, this sucks and I really didn't like even it. Even if it's, it's still... Predator Island. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Predator Island. A masterpiece though. Let's be real. <laughs> Would we, you know, hopefully see maybe another Demi Awards in 2023 or? Totally. Yeah. We want to make it a yearly thing. So hopefully that's like be... we're set on it. If you need background character number four, you know. <laughs> oh my God. If we, I want to find a way to make some kind of one, like drag performance part of it. That can be like the, you know what the Oscars when they do like the best original song. Oh, and they have them dancing. <laughs> yeah, they sometimes just bring in dancers and yeah. it's like, well, this is, all right, this is five hours long. It's fine. Oh my God. I love that shit. I, I'm sad whenever they don't do that. I think I they should do more of it. the Men in Black one. And I was like, this is so ridiculous, but I yeah. kind of so. Oh, Have you seen the Ghostbusters one? is incredible from like the 80s where they did an oscars perform i think it was at the oscars um it's real good i think you got most of my questions down unless you have something you need to say right now no i think (laughs) i don't know this has been like a fun kind of like trip back through like what James and I have kind of built together. And I don't know, I always like just sitting and talking about horror with people. <laughs> yeah. But I also wanted to, you know, be like, what's Chelsea up to? Because I was trying to look for interviews with you and mm-hmm. I wasn't coming across to I've seen I've seen interviews of you interviewing people, but I was like, mm-hmm. I need more spotlight yes, on Chelsea. I, I appreciate that. Because <laughs> um, I, I honestly, this is just my opinion. I think that you don't get enough recognition. And I think, however, <laughs> I do think you are on your climb. Like, I think this... Wait, graphs go this way, I think, on your camera. Uh, You are on an uphill thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really good at analogies, as you can see. Um, and I just, you know, I think you deserve your flowers, so... Oh, thank you. That's really, really sweet of you. Thank you. So if you need a background... Ca- no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, is there anything that you would like to plug... 
I mean, the Dead Meat podcast is every other Wednesday uh, on Dead Meat and wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. And yes. if you want merch, go to deadmeatstore.com. Deadmeatstore.com. We've got some new merch coming up soon. Oh, yeah. I, for- I forgot to say, but you you designed the merch. I designed some well, of some it. Of the merch, we have yes. We have some new stuff coming that I did not design because mm-hmm. it takes me way too long to design things. Uh, I really like drawing things, but then I realized like I'm not a professional and while I can do this, it takes me so fucking long and I finally was like, someone else needs to do these or else we're never coming out with any new merch. <laughs> it's like you're making the donut and blend. Yes, you said yes, I can make a donut. Blender. Mm-hmm. It'll take me eight hours, but I can make you a donut and blender. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay, well, I'm Tara Card. That's T-E-R-R-A-H-C-A-R-D. If you Y'all want to follow me on anything? It's mainly on that on most platforms, except for on Twitter. Okay, me and Chelsea, we got beef with Twitter. Twitter will mm-hmm. not verify Chelsea, and Twitter took no. down my original account. So Yeah, I just what happened? Account. Well, when you're a drag queen, you kind of want to like show yourself off and be like, look, I did this performance. Yeah. And DMCA does not like that. So oh, they just take yeah, your account I'll down. Yeah, I'll get you. Um, yeah. I even did that with um, with my new account, and it actually did suspend my recent account right now. Oh, shit. But I, like, tried to fight for it, and I got it because I performed a Missy Elliott song, which she did see, and she followed me, so shout out to Missy Wait, Elliott. really? Oh, fuck, that's so cool. Yeah, but I, I, I had to take the oh video my God. down, so. I, I love Missy Elliott. I am, like, obsessed with... Like, when she was huge, I mean, more like, like peak Missy Elliott, I was obsessed with her music videos because they're fucking creepy. Yes. And I would love a Missy Elliott produced horror anything, like horror movie, a game. I don't fucking care. Oh I think she has God. such a she has such a specific aesthetic and like sensibility for, like I don't know. There's something she's that a is weird like kid. she was like I think such she's a representation. A, she's a weird kid. And she's I a genius. Like yeah, she's a genius. I really think she's a genius. Like I'm gonna clip I, this and and post it on Twitter. So hopefully she will see. Oh it, my god, so. please, <laughs> Missy Elliott, make a horror movie. Let us produce a horror movie for you, oh Missy Elliott. Yeah, and then you can find this podcast Stay on the Line on most platforms under Stay on the Line TC on Twitter, Stay on the Line podcast on Instagram. And when I post to Facebook, because, you know, Facebook is just so popular nowadays. Uh, no one's <laughs> calling it meta. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. Um, yeah, it's under Stay on the Line there. Until next time, I'm Tara Card. And I'm Chelsea Rebecca. And make sure you stay on the line. Bye. Bye.